Welcome to Valley Heat. I'm Doug Duguay. This is a podcast about the neighborhood, my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District, right here where that's going on all day through my garage door. So Gary J. Anthony is building a small theme park off of the 134 called Big Cliff. It's a 65-foot man-made high-diving cliff where you dive into this man-made 300-foot-deep quarry, kind of like those quarries you dove into when you were a kid. Okay. And every time someone goes through the car wash over there, he plays that promo song. It's just Big Cliff. That's all they say in the song. And he's got his son out there, Tony, sitting in a fold-out chair with a megaphone, shooting a t-shirt gun, loaded up with t-shirts for this Big Cliff park he's building. Okay, he's really, he's shooting the t-shirts at my garage door is what you're hearing. He's obviously still pretty mad at me about the foosball tournament, but at this point, I got like 40 t-shirts. I can't concentrate with the... Okay, I got to go out there. I mean, you have to hear how loud it is out here. Make sure to check out Big Cliff coming next summer. Hey, Ken, Big Cliff t-shirt. Hey, Tony. 65-foot hey, man-made high-dive Tony, stop clip. shooting these on my garage door? Hey, Doug, here's a shirt. Okay, I got 40 shirts now. Well, now you got 41. It's not funny. It's only funny. You're not getting these shirts back. I want you to know you're not getting them back. A 200-foot deep Okay, well, if anyone wants a Big Cliff t-shirt, I got a pile of them in my driveway. All right, let's start this episode of Valley Heat. These are the chronicles of the... Sorry, that was too loud. These are the chronicles of the Rancho Equestrian District in Burbank, California. These are the events taking place in my house, around my house, and in my neighborhood. I mean, this is kind of a big episode because now I know everything. I mean, I don't know everything. I just know everything about the drug drop case. As far as I know, I know everything. Everything. I just feel like there's a conclusion to this drug drop thing, finally. Which doesn't mean it's the last episode overall, but it's kind of like the last episode of a season, if you, I guess you could say that. Also, that parrot is still here. I, I mean, the parrot's just here. I don't think it's ever going anywhere. So... Green Banana flew away about three months ago and he just came back recently. He's missing some feathers on his head because he got feather mites, which makes you kind of bird bald. It kind of makes him look like a small greenish vulture. But you can't even really see him because he's got this plastic cone around his head. You know how they make those plastic cones for dogs so they won't scratch their ears? They make them for birds too because when they have this thing, they he keeps scratching his head up against the cage I mean, he can't do it the way he used to do it because he's got the cone. But so you can hear the cone dragging across the cage. Reminds me of when in a movie someone will drag their tin cup across jail bars. Oh, and listen to this. And before he flew away, remember, he would only say Michael Douglas. But I don't know what happened to him while he was gone. But now he'll say it three times in a row consecutively. Listen to this. I mean, it sounds like your table's ready. Actually, there's a cute thing, though. Watch this. If I go Michael, watch this. Michael. Okay, he's not doing it. I had this thing going where I'd say Michael, and then he'd say Douglas. Michael. Michael. Okay, I mean, now he's just saying Michael, so maybe I shouldn't do that. Listen. Michael. Okay, now he just sounds like Knight Rider. Michael. So the good news is we know who was putting the drugs in the garbage can for sure now. The bad news is it was not Candace's brother, Cody. And I just say that not out of malice, but just because the guy should be locked in a room somewhere just for his own safety. And I have an update on Cody and all that in just a little bit. But first, I wanted to talk real quick about 
my son's optometrist, Dean Fernari, who upsold him on these transition lenses, my son was walking around looking like a 16-year-old car stereo specialist because of these transitions that Dean sold him. It took months for the replacement glasses to come in, and they finally arrived. And so I called Phil up at Chuck's house to see how the glasses worked out, and I recorded the conversation, and anyway, here's what happened. Hi. Hey. So you got the glasses. How do you like the glasses? They're driving glasses. What'd you say? He gave me driving glasses. Okay, your new glasses, they're... What they're what are driving glasses? They're yellow. You you mean the lenses are yellow? They're made for like night driving. Are they as bad as the other ones? Worse. They're worse than the other ones. I, I, it doesn't matter because I'm never leaving my room. Oh, uh, don't say that. That I'm sorry you feel I that way. Feel like this optometrist hates me. Give me the phone. Oh. Just a second, Grandpa wants to talk. Okay. Hello, dog. Hey, Chuck. How? Just have a couple doing? questions for you. Okay. No big deal. Just uh, you know, wanted to uh, get a couple answers. That's all. Okay. What kind of answers? I'm just are trying you... to figure something out. So mm-hmm. answer the questions. Okay. okay. What are the questions? Most would describe me as charming and nonchalant. I can turn my charm on and off like a faucet. What? Would Chuck... you answer? Not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me. Chuck, what is the test? What are you asking me if I can turn my charm on like answer a faucet? Answer the question about your charm and the faucet. I don't know. Do people find me charming? Well, I, don't... I find you to lack charm completely. But what I'm asking you is what you think of you. Phil and I, we're talking about glasses. Have some introspection. I mean, I don't think I'm completely without charm, but I wouldn't describe myself as... Who do you charm? I mean, I guess I'll take that remark. I don't know who I charm. You know I... what? I'm going to put down... This describes me somewhat, okay. and I'm being kind. Okay. Oh, is Second that... question. Okay. I do what I want, when I want, the moment the impulse strikes me, regardless of what others want. I mean, of course that's not, I would not, that's not me. Not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me. You have a chance to change your answer. Uh, no, I told you it's not, it's not me. Doug, it is definitely you. Okay. What kind of test is it, Chuck, if you already have your answers? Third question. If mm-hmm. something goes wrong or turns out badly... It's not my fault. Would you say that's not me? This describes me somewhat, or this is definitely me. I, I guess it would depend on whether or not it's my fault, wouldn't Congratulations. it? Congratulations. You passed the psychopath test. You're okay. a psychopath. I always thought you were a sociopath, but here we are. Okay. Well, if that's what you wanted to conclude, then that's what you concluded. You fit the Chuck. profile. Okay. You fit the profile. Why would this have anything to do with Phil's glasses? I'll tell you why. Okay. If you don't throw a brick through that optometrist window, you're just not a good dad. I'm a psychopath if I don't throw a brick through his window? No child should go through this many levels of lenses. Well, we definitely agree on that, Chuck. He looks like a guy scalping John Denver tickets in 1971. What he's saying is true. I do look like that. Okay, you don't have to agree with him, Phil. Okay, here's uh, Grandma. Okay. He says he's never going to leave his room. I know. He told me the same thing, Chuck. Tell him what you told me. Don't keep putting it back on. I just want to reiterate, I'm never leaving my room. You don't have to back up everything he says, bud. Hey, give me the phone for a second. Here's Donovan. What do you mean, Donovan? You were mad at me for giving him a razor to shave his face, and now you put these amber visions on him? Why are you still there? Of course I'm here. I live in the guest house. You're not part of this conversation. You know those guys who do poetry raps for money on Venice Boardwalk? I'm not doing He looks like that. That's a good one. That's the best description yet. Don't encourage him. Here's Grandpa. Have you ever heard of divorces for sons? 
I, There's I, a new term I want you to learn. Okay. Emancipation of a minor. I know you don't mean which this. Which is basically a legal divorce of a parent and a child. You're not emancipating my child from me because of his glasses. Thanks for passing the psychopath okay. test. It's not a real test. I'll Chuck. send a copy of the results to your okay. prison cell. Okay, so you heard that. Obviously, he's not doing paperwork to emancipate my son from me. That's just Chuck's way of being Chuck. But in his defense, part of what he's saying is true. Who sells a kid yellow glasses? And who even wants them? And the psychopath test, I mean, it's obviously going a little far. Chuck loves these online tests, though. He did that. He's really into that Myers-Briggs test. And he's always talking about how he tested the same as Steve Jobs' personality. Which, how do they even know that? How do they know, are they trying to tell me that Steve Jobs took the Myers-Briggs test? I mean, I took the test once and they said I had the same personality as J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, okay, that's kind of fun to think about, but how would you know that? You're telling me he took the test in 1948? These aren't real things. The psychopath test he's giving me. There's Why is there a psychopath test online? That's for high school students to call each other psychopaths. There's one psychopath test and it's, are you in a federal prison under a doctor's supervision? You're not going to find out if someone's a psychopath just clicking stuff on your lunch break. Anyway, I gave Dean a call to talk about the glasses, and I recorded it, and I want you to hear it. I'll play it for you right after this promotion. This podcast is brought to you in part by Toluca Lake Lamborghini. Lance Casella is the first dealer in North America to carry the Lamborghini Sotile. Let me tell you about this. You, ever, you know how when someone crawls into a Lamborghini, how it's so low to the ground, you think, is that guy crawling into the ground under the street Italian sports cars have always prided themselves on something they call magrezza della macchina which means car thinness and I know we usually call that low we say oh that car's pretty low to the ground but sometimes you see a car you go that's not just low it's not just short that car's thin but they've been saying this about sports cars in Italy for a long time and a thin car is really a sign of wealth in Italy. And until now, the thinnest Lamborghini was just 42 inches from the ground to the roof. But the Sotile is 12 inches from the ground to the roof. That's just over 30 centimeters. You walk up to this thing, it's lower than your knees. You see it flying down the road, you think, is that car two-dimensional? And what they're calling that right now in the Rancho Equestrian District is, when you're driving a car like this, you're rolling thin. And check this out. You don't even get into this car the way you normally get into a car. You lay down on this little tray that comes out, and it feeds you into the car, kind of like a DVD player. When I say thin, I mean these cars are so thin, if you're any bigger than a 34 waist, you can't even buy this car. The car actually comes in sizes that are measured in your pant size. So it's really important that you fit into this thing, and you don't try to force it, because there have been some accidents because people are trying to squeeze into this car when they don't fit into it. It reminds me of being at TJ Maxx when I was in high school and wanting this pair of jeans that would normally be really expensive. So I really wanted them because they were like $19, but they were a size 28. So I thought, no, I'll make it work. They were so small on me that the buttons wouldn't button. So I used some of my parents' gardening wire. You know that green wire that they used to wire up rose bushes and stuff? I used that to close my jeans. They were about two inches too small. So there's all the skin hanging over. But I thought, oh, my shirt will cover that. But then my shirt didn't cover it, and it came up, and this girl I had an incredible crush on, Julie, my shirt came up, and she saw the wire, and she goes, hey, did you steal some little kid's jeans? And this was in the common area where everyone was before school, and everyone laughed, and everyone called me little jeans for a while. For at least a month, almost every day, someone would walk up to me and hold up a little pair of doll jeans and go, hey, look, I got you a new pair of pants. 
this one guy, Mark Delisle, he got a pair of jeans tattooed to, you know, the fingers you hold up when you make a peace symbol? He got little jeans tattooed to those two fingers, and he'd walk them across a desk, and he'd go, hey, look, it's Doug, the jeans fit. I mean, that's a long way to go for a joke. He tattooed his fingers, and I think to this day he still has those jeans tattooed on his fingers. And you think, oh, a bully, I bet he didn't go far. He teaches unified engineering at MIT. This guy is one of the most important figures in aeronautics in the entire world. And he tattooed a pair of jeans on his fingers just to make me feel bad. And that's why I feel so bad for these guys that are trying to squeeze their way into this Lamborghini. This car just isn't for anyone over a 36 waist. And it's dangerous. I mean, the thing's already hard to drive. And there have been some accidents, man. This one guy, he was stuck on the freeway. He couldn't stop the car. He was just stuck in his car driving down the freeway at about 90 miles per hour. He couldn't slow down. He couldn't control the gas because he was just in there way too tightly. And finally, he didn't know what to do. He just drove to the Santa Monica Pier and he just drove right off of it at like 90 miles per hour. There were people fishing off there and stuff. He was fine because they were ready for him. That's, they directed him to do that. The police had directed him off of the PCH onto the pier and they had a big net waiting for him. I mean, you think the car was expensive. Imagine how expensive it was to pay the city for catching your Lamborghini with a net in the ocean. Really, if you think about it, it really wasn't even a good idea. I think they regretted that strategy, but there was no time to think of another plan. And really, there's no reference for it. You can't go, oh, what was? What did we do last time? A guy was stuck in a really thin car for two days going 90 miles per hour. The point is, don't try to force it. Another thing is, obviously, they're very expensive. Most people can't afford one. But just because you can't afford one doesn't mean you can't finance it. And Lance Casella is doing some really easy financing right now over at Toluca Lake Lamborghini. And if you'd rather just lease one, you can do a 150-month lease. And you're thinking about a car that's just over $200,000. Now you're paying just a little over $1,000 a month. Now, obviously, that's a longer lease. It's a 12-and-a-half-year lease. But that's 12-and-a-half years of shooting thin down the road in the thinnest car you've ever driven. And you get tired of that lease, you want to trade it in, Lance will always do his early bird trade-in for a 10% penalty on the full price of the car. And then you'll be rolling thin in the new thin ride. So head down to Toluca Lake Lamborghini and tell Lance that you want to roll thin. I'm rolling thin. I'm rolling thin again. So like I said, I gave Dean Fernari a call about these yellow lens driving glasses that he sold my son. And anyway, here's what happened. Oh, by the way, this is, I recorded this conversation. I was on hold. This is Dean's hold music. This is the jazz he listens to. It makes no sense. It sounds like someone's scoring a nightmare you're having. 
Anyway, he picks up in a second here. How can I help you, Doug? Dean, can you tell me, please, why my son has yellow glasses? He picked them out. I thought it was a good choice. Uh, very McQueen, very nice. McQueen? He, he doesn't know who Steve McQueen is. Uh, oh. When was the last time someone thanked you for making their kid look like Steve they McQueen? They are driving glasses. I mean, he, he might not have been aware of that. But that the lenses were yellow, you mean? Of course. Why? You could have told in, him. In, 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 in terms of night driving, he's going to have an incredible experience. He doesn't want an incredible night driving experience. He's not a jewel thief. He's a 16-year-old kid. Okay. Look, these are, these are pushes. What? Is that a Porsche knockoff? It just sounds like Porsche. These are not knockoffs. It is. They are it's not knockoffs knockoff. at all. Pushes? They're made in Belgium. You sold them Porsche knockoffs with yellow lenses. I'm not taking a second pair of glasses back. Oh, I think that answer is changing. They aren't that yellow. You know they're yellow. If they're not that yellow, why are you trying to avoid me? I'm not. I'm I not saw you at the grocery you. store. You looked right at me, and you walked out. Uh, that never happened. Yeah, I saw you at the register. You weren't a doctor smock. That's a white blazer. Uh, a white blazer? Dean, come on. Dean. Who wears a white blazer? It was a doctor's smock. You've never heard of a white blazer? I've heard of one. What are you, a southern playwright? It's linen. You're saying it's a blazer that goes below your waist? It's mid-trench cut. It's a French thing. It's Pierre Cardin. Okay, we'll call it a French white doctor's blazer and shake hands on it. This is going to have to be the end of the conversation. Dean, I'm returning these for a normal pair of glasses. I have to go, Doug. Okay, so you heard that. It's a white blazer. You know when you wear a white blazer? Sometimes you're like, hey, I'm going to go to the Kentucky Derby and I need a white blazer. And obviously it's not. It's it's that doctor fabric, which is fine. You can wear a doctor's smock if you're an optometrist, I guess. I don't know if you have to wear it to the grocery store like you just walked in there between surgeries. More importantly, there's just no way he didn't know those glasses were going to be yellow. And here's the thing with Dean. He just shouldn't be an optometrist or he should just be an optometrist And let someone else do the eyewear styling. Because I've talked about it before. The way he's got the people in this neighborhood looking. I mean, the glasses on their faces. There's a guy up the street, this guy Darren Moss. I don't know what style this is, but they're octagon sunglasses. Two weeks ago, I'm walking by his house. He's sitting out in the driveway in a fold-out chair feeding crows. And I go, hey, Darren, what's going on? He said, well, I lost my job. But he's saying it with these giant purple octagons on his face. And you think, Darren, I can't believe you even had a job. Who talked you into wearing those? Dean, Dean Frenari, the guy that's trying to make my son look like Steve McQueen. I mean, it's just a matter of knowing what you can do. Pick one or the other. It's like the grocery store shouldn't make fried chicken or anything pre-made, like their birthday cake. For some reason, everyone buys birthday cake there. Every time you go to a birthday party and they have that grocery store cake, you take a bite and it's like the frosting is attacking your immune system. It's not even a flavor. It's like a feeling you think, what did I just swallow? Feathers? Anyway, the point is Dean should just be an optometrist and have someone else help pick glasses or just really find a different business altogether. And by the way, if you are in the market for a new pair of glasses, Dean Fernari's Eye Shack is currently running a two-for-one deal on all prescription wraparound sunglasses. I mean, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's a spot for iShack that Dean paid for months ago. iShack, check it out. That's your song for your business? They didn't even say iShack, Dean's store, in the song. 
Dean should not own a business. Sounds like a journey, kind of deep track, but not quite journey. Maybe a journey, like a band that tours and plays journey songs. There was a journey cover band here called the Frontiersmen, but then they got sued by a bigger journey cover band, also called the Frontiersmen. It was a huge lawsuit. I guess you can make millions of dollars playing journey at weddings. Anyway, Dean Fernari's Eye Shack. It's not a Dr. Smock, it's a French blazer. Okay, I want to get to everything that happened with the drug drop. It all starts with what happened when Faye and Phil came back from Chuck's house. And I'll tell you about all of it right after this. Sorry, I have one more promo. So I'll tell you about all of it right after this. You know, if you're in the market for a thin car and you can't afford a Lamborghini, Rick Merrill's Tall and Long Shop can thin your car right out. They don't just make motorcycles tall and long. They make your car as thin as you want. Rick can slice up to four and a half feet off the height of your car. That includes removing the doors and installing a driver's entry tray. That's the little DVD tray that comes out and then inserts you into the car. And there's a lot of competition going on with these guys. The Lamborghini guys, they call it rolling thin. And and these drivers who are thinning their cars out, they're calling it shooting thin. So it's the rollers and the shooters. We got rollers and shooters out there on the freeway racing each other all night long. Another thing with these thinned out cars is don't put too many people in them. Mike Bianca thinned his Toyota minivan out and he was still using it to drive his family around which was fine until they all went to a football game and they had some extra passengers in the van and they got stuck in there in that laying down position for about two days. Burbank Highway Patrol had to go out there and just peel the roof off of that van and they were fine but people were calling the Biancas the tuna family for a while and every once in a while when Mike would drive by a house someone would flag him down and go hey don't forget to bring a can opener. But even with the difficulties, people are really loving these things. And the point is, you don't need to have a Lamborghini if you want to roll thin. Or shoot thin, as Rick calls it. So call Rick and let him know you want to thin it out. So we finally have an answer on the drug drop thing. You know that Candace's brother Cody was brought in. Turns out that was wrong, which is no surprise considering the DEA guy drives around with his mom fighting about when he's going to move out of the house and how soon they can get to TJ Maxx. But the great thing that happened is that Faye and Phil finally moved back into the house. And that was really exciting. And really one of the best things was that Pete and Candace had finally moved out. I mean, I don't know how many times I heard the song Jesse's Girl in that 38 special song, Hold On Loosely. I mean, I've heard Jesse's Girl more than Rick Springfield has heard Jesse's Girl. If he knew Candace, I feel like he'd hate his own song. And I used to love that song, but I hear it now, and all I think about is Candace taking a 20th shower, and I feel like i got to walk a baby when I hear that song. I walk that baby twice a day. I mean, it really got to a point where some of my neighbors thought I had a baby. But here's something really good that happened. When Faye and Phil got back, Faye brought me a peace offering from Chuck. This little olive plant, olive tree. This is a small, well, it's still plant size, but it was an olive tree as a sort of symbolic peace offering. I think he felt bad about the psychopath test that he gave me earlier, and maybe he just wanted to put it all behind us. So to celebrate, I wanted to take Faye and Phil over to Burbank Airport Burrito, which is an old tradition for us 
We used to do Sunday lunches over there, and the burritos are amazing. The burritos are huge. There's no burrito that even comes close to being as big as these burritos. I mean, they're so good. You got to make a reservation for this place. It's a restaurant in an airport, and they serve Burbank mimosas, which is basically a mimosa in a big pint glass that you'd normally get a beer in. But then there's something else in the mimosa, and they light it on fire and they bring it to you. It's almost like, you know, when you get fajitas at a place and they bring you that really loud steaming fajita plate. That's what it's like when you order these mimosas and three people bring it over to you and they dim the lights a little and there's a cool little spotlight. Everyone claps when you order it and they sing the song. Let me see if I've got it here. Okay, here it is. Here it comes. Your mimosas coming Here it comes. And the point is, we love the place, and it's a great place to celebrate this kind of reunion. So anyway, here's what happened. I think we should go get airport burritos. Oh, I love that idea. Hey, kiddo, you feel like going to the airport for some burritos? I'm not going anywhere, because I'm not wearing these gloves. I mean, will you wear them just for the, to go to the... No. You won't go out? No, just put them on for a second. Just let me see them. They're not that yellow. Don't tell me that they aren't yellow. I'm not going anywhere. Honey, we want to go out as a family, so just wear the glasses. Why are you doing this? Please. Fine, I'll go. Hold on, is someone in the garage? Um, what? Hold on. Hello? Okay, you can't bring the peacock here. Pete, are you in the garage? What are you guys doing in here? Come on. We have to stay here. How did you even get in here? We got a key. Uh, do not unpack that. I didn't give you a key. We I, made one at some point. I listen, you guys cannot be here. Why. My wife is here. My son is here. We have nowhere to go. I, I'm not a youth hostel. I, Here's your air thing back. Guys. We had to put our house up for bail. Okay, well, I'm sorry you had to do that. You can still stay in your house if you put it for bail. I don't understand. Not when we're airbnb it. Okay, Candace, Pete, this is not my problem. Your brother was putting drugs in my garbage can. Stop acting. Obviously it was me. She just wait, told me wait. all this yesterday, so what? I am in the same boat you are. Candace, right you were putting the drugs Why in there? Why is everybody making a big deal about this? I thought everybody knew. You thought everybody knew? I've been doing a podcast about it for a year. Oh, sorry I don't listen to your podcast, okay. Doug. It's not about listening to my podcast. I really did anything. Do you have any idea how much I've done for you guys? Just in showers alone, walking the baby, there's a parrot. Your brother just left the parrot. Where are you going? Where are you guys... Where are you going? What are you guys doing? I gotta get in the jacuzzi. Don't get you in the jacuzzi. It's been a long Did you hear a word I said just now? Can you guys please get out of there and not play that song? I'm supposed to go to lunch with my family. DEA, open up. Oh good, these guys are here. This is great. Doug, open up. Doug, open up. Yeah, I'm buzzing you in. There's a peacock in my way. You brought your mom again? It yeah. was on the way. Is here? Uh, yeah, she's right there in the jacuzzi where she lives. Do we have to do this right now? Candace, you're under arrest. I'm in the water. We're in the water. Get out of the jacuzzi. Candace, come on. You can't arrest. She's in the jacuzzi. Doesn't matter if you're in the water. Get out of the water. Candace. I'm out. Okay. Can you grab me a towel? You have a towel? A towel? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Just a second. I just, that's a Be careful with that plant. I'm not here to be careful with plants. Okay, uh, it's my father-in-law's. I just gotta tell my wife there's people here. I, I got knocked over. I'm sorry. I'm going to fix it. What are you doing? I'm looking for a towel. Candace is getting arrested out here. What? Some, I, 
I know. Sorry. It just I have to get back out there. Just a second. What happened? She just ran. What? She just ran out of here. With no shoes. She just ran off? Who's the lady? I'm his mother. Why is your mom here? That's our business. You always bring your mom to her Guys, people? listen, my wife and son are inside. I haven't seen them in months. We're going to lunch. So I don't know what we're supposed to do here. Uh, we could go ahead and just try this again tomorrow. Or what are you talking about tomorrow? If you want, you can go ahead and just try to get her to come back. What? If you want, I'm not making you. You're gonna have to go. Why would I go get her? You're gonna go get her. I can't go get her. Why? We have a no pursuit policy on this case. What? what what's, a, what's a no pursuit policy? It's not a high priority case. I can't go around just chasing people. Isn't that your job? Yeah, isn't that your job? It's not CSI. I'm not a cop with a siren. Yeah, but you carry a weapon. Oh, uh, actually, I don't carry a weapon. What are you carrying? It's a leather man. Yeah, it's a what leather man. Do you think I put this Look, on? I'm not gonna chase a mom through a suburban neighborhood for some crushed up prescription drugs. Why? I'd be fired immediately. You don't have to make it sound like you're so lame. You can go get her now, or we can wait till tomorrow. Pete, why don't you go get her? Come on, dude. I'm not gonna help you arrest my wife. Uh, fine, okay, I'm, I'll get in my own car and I'll go get her. You guys just stay here and I guess watch I mean, the baby. If we're being honest, we've all been through a lot, dude. Thanks for using Japanese car wash. Yeah, of course, right now, yes. Make sure to check out Big Cliff coming next time. Hey, you want to think about turning that down a little, Tony? Hey, Doug, here's a shirt. You're never getting these t-shirts back, Tony. Okay, I'm pulling out right now. Okay, are you serious? Hey, Gary. Doug, Tony just told me you're not bringing all those t-shirts back. Gary, he's been shooting those shirts at my garage door for weeks. Back, I'm gonna sue you Gary, I don't have time. I'm hanging up. Sorry. Okay, that, there's no way they're getting those shirts back. Okay, hold on. Terry Mellon is up here weaving in front of me. Terry Mellon on his recumbent bike. I'm going to pull up here and ask him. Hey, Terry. I couldn't tell if you saw me by the way you were driving. I, okay, sorry. You got to be careful. Look out for the recumbent. Hey, have you seen a woman in a bathing suit running around here or walking? I did not. Whoa, watch out there. Terry, I'm 20 yards away from you. It didn't look like he even saw me. I saw you. Got I hit by you. a city bus a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm gonna keep looking, Terry. I don't know if you know you. how many times I've been hit on this thing. I got hit by a mailman a week ago. Oh, that sounds terrible, Terry. I'm sorry. Hey, hold on a second. That's her, Terry. I gotta. I gotta All right, go. stop the car. Candace. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Stop the car. Terry, can you please get out of my way? The person stop I'm looking for is right there. Terry, listen to me. Move I'm your bike. I'm feeling you're not taking me seriously. Is that true? Is, am I just reading that wrong? I, you, what you're reading is I gotta go, Terry. I was hit by two cars this week, in addition to the bus and Do the mailman. Do you mail hear mail. anything but your own thoughts? That's four hits this okay, week. Okay, I'm going around you. Okay, Candace. Candace, can you come back here, please? Terry, what are you doing? You chasing oh, look, me? It's the gotta go guy. You want my help, but you don't really want to listen to me. Terry, you just don't gotta have time. go. I get it. Candace, come on. You can't. You gotta get in no. the car. Candace. Know him? This guy's harassing me. Terry, I'm not harassing her. He says she I'm doesn't know you. He's driving his car. Tell him to leave me alone. Yeah. Okay? I know her. I'm not harassing okay, her. what's her name? Tell him what my name is. It's Candace. No, it's not. It's Candace. It's not, though. What? Are you going to believe him or the person whose name is not Candace? Looking kind of creepy. I don't know that you know this woman. Candace, come on. Nope. Ah! Oh, my God. Terry, what are you doing? That's you drove right under my car. Get out of here. What, Candace? Oh, that's great. Terry, I wasn't trying to kidnap her. I think my GoPro is going to tell a different story. I'm trying to help her. I have a GoPro. My wife is calling. i got to talk to her. Excuse me. I upload that. We'll let you know what happens. Hi, hon. I'm sorry about this. I just want to let you know that 
we're headed back to my dad's house. What? My, my GoPro is on. Why? Maybe our return was a little pretty yeah. um, What is he doing? Terry, what do you need? I think I tore my meniscus. Hun, can I oh, talk to you when I get home? I Terry is hurt or something? Do what you have to do. I'll talk to you later. Wait, hun, you know how many times I've torn my meniscus? I, I know what it feels like. Thanks, Terry. So obviously you heard that, and Faye and Phil are back up at Chuck's house. Really, it was just meant to be a reunion brunch, but sure didn't turn out that way. But I'm pretty sure they're going to come back now that Candace has been identified, and she's in custody right now. But I think she's going to get out. She'll probably have an ankle bracelet. It's hard to know how something like this turns out. Apparently, she was trying to make some extra money through John McDonald's wife is a Canadian pharmacist and has apparently been running some kind of prescription drug ring out of Toronto. And the distribution system is run through these foosball tournaments all over the world. And this is a huge problem with Canadian pharmacists because they've really been doing this for a while. They tend to distribute through some of these rougher sports like foosball, karate. They were doing it with micro golf up in Ontario, apparently. And micro golf's already got a problem. I mean, those guys will basically sword fight with those little clubs. I mean, a pro touring micro golfer, Bob Couture up in Ontario, hogtied all of his opponents, threw them in a van, and was going to drop them off in the woods during the Ontario Micro Golf Open. They were, apparently they were all at lunch, and they couldn't find the micro golfers. They were all tied up in a van heading for the St. Lawrence Forest. When they finally caught him and asked him what he was trying to do, he said, win. And these pharmacists prey on some of these people that are already troublemakers. And it's not surprising. This is business as usual for foosball. If you're going to play foosball, you're going to get into some stuff. You really, you can't get near the game without getting yourself in trouble. These guys light each other's feet on fire as a tradition. You think they're not looking for trouble? And you combine foosball with something like the Canadian Pharmacists Association? I mean, it's like dynamite. So it's been two days, and I've actually been asked by, well, social services and Pete to watch the baby. As you know, Pete and Candace have a baby, 18 months old. Her name is Diane. Pete uh, went in for questioning. He's not accused of anything. He just, they wanted to ask him a few questions, but he needs a few days to cool off and asked if I could watch the baby. So Faye was actually going to come back with Phil yesterday, but then I mentioned that the baby was here and she, well, she hung up. We haven't talked about it since then. So they probably won't come back until Diane's gone, but that should only be a couple days. Okay. So I got to do this sooner or later. Hi, Chuck. How uh, how you doing? I guess it took the cops to get those two out of your pool after all. Okay, well, I guess I'll take that remark. Remember how you didn't want to call the cops? Yeah, and I still, I can't say that I don't stand by my decision. And a to year try later, to, okay. you sent three innocent people to jail. Well, I don't know if I'd say innocent, but it was four, actually. Was it worth it? Well, it's hard to say, because in principle, I do stand behind the idea of handling it on my own. You know what I did yesterday? <coughs> I bought a $10,000 pen. Okay. Why? This is a vintage fountain pen with great, great gravity. This was Winston Churchill's pen. Okay. Some people think that he wrote the We Will Never Surrender speech of World War II with this pen. He mm -hmm. emboldened a nation with this pen. Okay. But it will have nothing on the feeling I have when okay. Faye signs that divorce paper. Chuck, she's and not divorcing me. Pen, put it in a glass case. That says break if she goes back to it. Chuck, just like before, she's coming up there for a while, but we're not getting divorced. I have a question. 
How many babies do you have that we don't know about? It's not a secret. It's the babies here because Candace was arrested. Do you know what another good grounds for divorce is? A secret baby. It's not a secret baby. You know that it's not a secret baby. You know baby. how you know when it's a secret baby? Okay. When your wife is surprised that you it's have a baby. Here for a short while. It's not going to be here forever. No, you're right because it's going to grow up and you're going to have to raise it. Maybe you could just hand me down those transition lenses to your new baby. And then he could look like a guy that hangs out at the track too much. I'm getting his glasses replaced. I sent you an olive tree as a peace offering. I know. And you stomped all Chuck, over it. Obviously, I am very sorry about the tree. It, the DEA guy was here. He backed up oh, into it. And... We don't use that excuse every once in a while, don't we? Blame it on the DEA agent. Are you in a Netflix movie? Okay, no. In what I... scenario does blaming a DEA agent... Right. Sounds sane. I know what it sounds like. You know what I've noticed in my uh, many years on the planet? The DEA rarely comes to my house. Right. They've been here a what lot. What do they I... say when they knock on the door? They say, I have a standing warrant for your pool. They take a dip, have a cup of coffee. No, I mean, I'll take that remark. Obviously, they have been here Well, a lot. this is an expensive pen, but I feel like it's going to be worth it. I don't think <laughs> it is. Excuse me. I'm going to go buff and put ink in my pen. All right. Well, it was good talking to you, Chuck. I'll say hi to your family for you. All right. We'll send you a Christmas card. Okay, so obviously I think he's wrong. Faye and Phil are going to come back. It's just a matter of clearing a few things up, especially since Candace is admitted to doing the drug drop thing. I mean, I hope Candace is okay, and I hope Pete's okay. Uh, I also hope he comes back and picks up Diane soon. It's been two and a half days. It's been a long ordeal, and I just want to thank all the neighbors for listening up to this point. I don't think I would have been able to get through this without you guys listening since my wife has not been here for most of the time or my son or really, I guess it was just you guys. So thanks for being here. I'm going to continue doing the podcast, but it's going to be maybe a couple months while I decompress and try to get my wife to come back. If you want to hear more about what's going on in the neighborhood while I'm waiting to start the show back up, you can go to the Valley Heat Patreon page, which costs money so you probably shouldn't do it. But if I don't make money, then I probably shouldn't do this either. So let's call it a draw. And it was nice knowing you. But if you don't want to do Patreon, you can wait for the main show to come back. And it was nice figuring out the drug drop stuff with you. I know a lot of people think that I shouldn't have taken this into my own hands. But if I hadn't, I wouldn't have had the show and I wouldn't have met all of you. Well, I didn't meet you, but and I wouldn't have a parrot and I wouldn't have someone's baby here. My family would probably be here. So, in Chuck's words, was it worth it? I mean, I think so. But in some ways, not really. This podcast was brought to you by Toluca Lake Lamborghini and Rick Merrill's car thinning service and Dean Fernari's Ice Shack, the last time he'll ever be advertising on this show. Any mention or recording of Terry Mellon is covered by fair use. I'm Doug Duguay. That's this episode of Valley Heat. Take it easy. Also, if anyone in the neighborhood knows anything about a Jaguar that is parked outside my house for the past two and a half weeks, it hasn't moved at all, and I'd like to know if someone in the neighborhood owns it, message me on the Doorstep app. Okay, take it easy. These are the chronicles of the Rancho Equestrian District in Burbank, California. That's it for the drug drop thing. I don't know if you call it a season, but kind of. I think it went pretty well, considering. I guess Chuck had a point when he said I didn't really have to do everything on my own. But it was just kind of principle I wanted to try to fix things before they got too complicated.
and they ended up getting obviously complicated anyway. But just thanks for listening, and okay, take it easy. Also, if anyone knows about a Jaguar that's parked outside the house in the last two weeks, just give me a call. It hasn't moved at all. Also, while I'm gone, just don't forget not to go to use foosball tables on Mondays or any time after 3.30 on Wednesdays. I still haven't figured out why, but just know that you shouldn't do that. Well, you know what else I wanted to do? I wanted to play you the micro golf song because we had a micro golf ad that didn't end up airing because the micro golf shop had to close down when they got sued after there was a big brawl between some of the foosball guys and the micro golf guys. There's a lot of fights in micro golf because they got those, they're smaller than mini golf clubs. The clubs are really just like carrying around metal weapons and and the micro golf balls are really the, basically the size of a pinball. And these guys really get these things whipping fast and they throw them at each other. They're really sensitive about calling everything tiny. It's just a word you can't use when you're out there. And the foosball guys were throwing it around a lot. And Randy really got into it for a while. So he wrote this song for the micro golf guys. And the shop is open again on Magnolia. So check it out and check out the micro golf song. And I'll talk to you guys soon. You play micro golf You only play for keeps There's no such thing as taking it too far It ain't mini golf You don't play that stuff you're a micro golf star. But if you want to play this game with me, there's one thing you can never do. Don't call it a tiny game. Nothing about this is small. The stakes are high, although the clubs are micro. Don't you turn and walk away. Gracias.